0: Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. You're, oh, so you were the one who had Andrelton Simmons at the top of your Cubs free agent signings wish list home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, and you can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs and hopefully some other guys who are going to sign with the Cubs. Upset, bleed, cubby, blue. I am thrilled to be joined by uh the one and only host of the Sunranto podcast, Danny Rocket. How's it going, Danny?
1: I've changed my name actually. I'm Dandrelton Rocket now.
0: Dandrelton.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, I've changed it just because I want to show solidarity for my team.
0: Dandrelton Rock Kimmons. yeah
1: Uh, daniel dandrelton chavez actually is what i'm going as uh yeah
0: actually okay is it terrible that i am more excited about the cubs signing jesse chavez again (laughs) than i am about them signing andrelton simmons because uh, that is a factual statement i i am here for wearing my sunglasses at night and andrelton simmons is kind of like whatever to me (laughs)
1: Well and you guys you know you and Chavez are a little closer in age too. I know that chavez is 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 really pushing uh it, closer to my age even and I'm in my uh mid late forties so <laughs> it's uh yeah it's uh you know yeah we got we got some sightings at least to talk about today, so that's that's exciting but i uh, you know you know Chavez he's cool and you know he was great, but it's been a it's been a couple of years since we've seen him in a cubs uniform, so um Time marches on, I suppose, but Jesse Chavez remains. (laughs) Um,
0: There are signings. I I am excited about the signings. There are also um, fantasy baseball drafts going on. So you may know if you're a longtime listener of the show, uh, I had my Tat Wars draft a couple of weeks ago. Yesterday was actually the Glarf draft, which if you are not a huge fantasy baseball player, Glarf is the Great Lakes Area Roto Fantasy League. It is part of the Earth Network. Uh, There are regional networks all over the country, and I just have to say, one of the guys who engendered the most conversation during that Glarf draft was our own Ian Happ, who I imagine we'll get to talk about during this podcast because, Danny, my contention I have two contentions regarding Mr. Happ. Number one, he should stop switch hitting. He should try his best Cedric Mullins approach out and see what happens. I I think Ian Happ might be an MVP candidate if he just stops switch hitting, but number two... Why is Ian Happ always only an MVP guy or a guy who is not very good?
1: I mean, I was kind of hoping the season would be, you know, like 60, 70 games and the lockout would continue so that Ian Happ could win the MVP. I I thought that that might actually work out really well. Um, You know, I I don't know. He's, you know, Ian Happ is an interesting person. I, th- I think. And we've seen that with his podcast and, you know, how much I think he responded to Joe Madden's sort of um, Zen way about uh, pro- baseball and fine wine. And, you know, I mean, he's just an interesting guy. Um, you know, as far as his platoon splits, I'm kind of looking at him right now as a uh, left. Oh, wait, uh, I'm, I'm looking at it for Sorry, my Internet's running all slow? No,
0: you're good. Check but out those I, lefty-righty splits, though. Like, tell him to stop switch hitting.
1: <laughs> yeah, it yeah, I, it would make sense. I brought this up the other day, and obviously, being a switch hitter is a valuable thing to be if you're good at it. But you know, I I do agree that if you could just let him kind of lock in at, at you know and be and hey, you're going to need the lefty pop on this team anyway because you don't have it agree. So just let him bat lefty. I mean, but it would be weird for him to bat lefty against the left-handed pitcher when he could technically switch around and bat righty. So, uh, I mean, we just have to take somebody telling him that this is how it's going to be. And I don't know that there, we have that somebody to do it.
0: Yeah. Let's jump into what the Cubs do and do not have. Um, So baseball is coming back. Opening day will be April 7th. Uh, I should note at the very top of this episode that that has been moved to a day game. When we recorded our emergency pod earlier this week, it was still scheduled as a night game. Thank you, Lord Jesus for moving that to a day game as God intended or, you know, the Rickets as the case may be Lord Jesus, the Rickets. like who's, who's to say how close those people are um, next to each other, but we are grateful that day baseball will be happening on opening day at Wrigley field. Uh, that one small change actually kind of bums me out a little bit because it is no longer clear that I will be able to be there as that's in the middle of a work day. And I, it's a work day that is happening right at the busiest time Of my day job. So, Danny, you might be holding down the fort at the friendly confines alone (laughs) for the Cubby Blue crew on opening day. But how are you feeling about it?
1: Well, I'm working it, too. So I won't be at the game either. Uh, I'm just announced actually today is that uh, we're playing output, the bleacher bum band. And because we're going to go right after the game is over, I have to set up all the instruments and the speakers and, and microphones. During the game so that we're ready to go, because, you know, as well as I do, it's a madhouse down in Wrigleyville at that time. So I need to wait for the game to start, (laughs) then go down to output, unload all my stuff, somehow find a place to park somewhere and then uh, set it all up and then rock out for free. By the way, it's a free concert as part of a big party there. Captain Cubbo is going to be there. You might know him from the, the superhero looking guy. Uh, he'll be there, and it's. Just I thought he was be... a
0: luchador for a while, which clearly different, different genre entirely. He's,
1: but... <laughs> a, he's a Cubs. He's a Cubs superhero, and uh, so he's uh, he'll be there, and um, a, a, all the Club Four Hundred crew will be there. So, so unfortunately, I won't be holding down the Ford on opening day. But you're absolutely right. At, at least it's a day game, even though it screws you over. And I'm sorry about that. But you got to figure out a way in there, Sarah. And if eh. you. You definitely got to stop by output afterwards.
0: I'll be watching from home while I get some work done. And I will certainly stop by output after the game to see your show. Um, we'll see what happens. I just, I, 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 there are a handful of days that I can generally get off because I'm like, oh yeah, and and honestly, like shout out to my boss who is an amazing human being. Where I I literally have walked in and been like, I am going to need Mark uh, May 18th off because it is Wilson Contreras bobblehead day and I have to be there. <laughs> and she has never batted an eyelash when I have asked yeah. for a day off, but. This is the day before our biggest event of the year, and I'm the person in charge of our event, so I, I really <laughs> feel like that's not going to work this time. Um, and no, I, I, I'm,
1: doesn't sound like it, yeah. But,
0: but I'll come hang out with you at the show. I'll definitely be watching on TV and tweeting uh, as I'm getting some work done while the game gets started. But, you know, there is some news. Let's talk about it. Danny, this is the first time in multiple months that we have been able to start Cup of Cubby Blue with news, and that news is that the Cubs have signed Andrelton Simmons. Um, you know, I – okay, I, I feel like – I definitely did call this. Like, I sort of looked at the options for shortstops out there, and I was like, you know, they need a defense per, plus shortstop. They might not get Carlos Correa. They might not get Trevor Story. But if you if you signed Andrelton Simmons, you would at least have a guy who could stop some of those balls that Marcus Stroman, Wade Miley, and Kyle Hendricks are definitely going to give up from being hit. So, you know, it's an option. I admit I'm not all that thrilled about it. How are you feeling about Andrelton Simmons?
1: Well, I mean, it's funny because everybody wants Correa because that's the the player that you get and you spend all your money on, and that you're going to build your future team around, and maybe even compete this year if you add a couple more pieces, especially with the extra wild card spot, as you know, and um, you do have. Like you said, the Wade Miley, the Stroman signing, um, so you, you've and you've got these ground ball pitchers. So it's not Correa; it's not the guy we wanted. Um, this is a much older shortstop. He's coming off a bad year uh, with uh, where was it with Minnesota last year?
0: Minnesota uh, had a bad year overall. Like to be clear, Minnesota not the place you wanted to play baseball in twenty twenty one.
1: But with the OPS plus of fifty seven at the plate, he's kind of got a bum ankle. Last couple years, uh, I've I looked it up that he's he's been um, on the day like day to day. Last year, a bunch of times, uh, he was in twenty twenty. His he was on the ten day, and then he went day to day with his ankle. So he's he's a little bruised up, and um, that's because he's thirty (laughs) two. You know, so this team's not getting any younger with your Frank Schwindels and your Patrick wisdoms, your 32 year old rookies uh, now turning 33. So it's, you know, he just kind of fits in with the rest of that kind of crew. I, I saw a lot of uh now. Did you see this on Twitter? Everybody's like, everybody relax. He's a backup. I'm like, <laughs> uh, to who? A <laughs> backup to Horner?
0: Currently Nico Horner. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so I, 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 mean I think the way this really slots in, And tell me if you think I'm wrong. You've got the DH now. His name is Nick Madrigal. Nico Horner's back at second base unless Andrelton Simmons' ankle hurts, at which point Nico Horner's played shortstop. You've got three ground ball pitchers. You're going to need somebody to go and get it in the hole. I mean, I'm kind of unfortunately thinking that Andrelton Simmons, easy easy for me to say, is your... (laughs) opening day shortstop for the Chicago Cubs. And that is a disappointment. It means means the direction of this season has been kind of set into motion.
0: I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. Um, So Ken Rosenthal, the real one, it it is that time of year where if you cannot distinguish real Ken Rosenthal from fake Ken Rosenthal, Twitter is going to be a wild, wild place for you. The real Ken Rosenthal (laughs) had a note that the Cubs signing Andrelton Simmons, who who they signed to a one-year, $4 million deal. Um, signing that deal does not preclude them from going after a Carlos Correa or a Trevor Story. The Cubs are still rumored to be one of the two teams that, that are in closest pursuit of Carlos Correa. Um, the Yankees are the other one. Apparently, Correa and Scott Boris have decided that he deserves more money than Corey Seager. Corey Seager, for to recap for people, got a ten-year, three hundred and twenty-five million dollars deal. So, it I, I'm a little skeptical <laughs> that Correa and his health issues are are going to net a deal larger than Mr. Seager's. But you know, you never know. I think if he does net that, he'll net it from someone other than the Cubs. But it is worth noting that the powers that be, the blue check marks, do not believe that the signing of Andrelton Simmons precludes the Cubs from signing a real opening day starting shortstop. However, I am inclined to say that this is the type of thing the Cubs do frequently to give themselves options. And what I mean by that is, like, when you look at the Jan Gomes signing with Wilson Contreras, for example, this is another perfect example of the Cubs trying to give themselves options. Because if you enter into a contract extension negotiation with Wilson Contreras and there is no other catcher on your 40-man – And Miguel Amaya is definitely out for the year. Wilson Contreras has a lot of leverage. He has a lot of leverage to look at you and say, here's the deal I want. Take it or leave it. You don't have a catcher. And there are very few catchers out there who you could go get. But when you have a young Gomes on the roster and he's going to be there for this year and next year, all of a sudden Wilson Contreras loses a little bit of that leverage. I feel like the Andrelton Simmons move is a way for the Cubs to, have a little bit more leverage as they're talking to a Carlos Correa or a Trevor story. There is a guy who can theoretically grab a glove and actually play shortstop on the Cubs roster now. And it was not clear that that was true before. Like no offense to Nico yeah. Horner. I like Nico Horner a lot. He has also been hurt a lot and he very much looks like a second baseman to me, not a shortstop. So that's what I think the Cubs are doing here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I just think that they're just not disappointed. I don't, I don't believe that the Cubs are going to sign any, I I don't think they're going to get Correa. I I think this does unfortunately say that, that they're not willing to go in for especially the amount of years. And I mean, their prospects are too far away right now. And I'm just kind of feeling a situation where they're gonna do all these little short term deals, maybe spend some money on you know, somebody like uh Strowman. Cause you can, you have the money to spend, but if you're not competing, you have a lot of value, you keep you keep churning them into the prospects, get them giving them to other teams, and then really stock your farm system, and then you're kind of ready to rock in 2024. The disappointing thing to me is how many fans are going along with this. Because I see on Twitter, you know, and these are my friends, you know, full count Tommy and Brett Taylor. They're all like, oh, man, minor leagues are stocked. Freaking! (laughs) I'm like, what? This is unacceptable. It's unacceptable at 12 bucks a beer anyway, and it's unacceptable at $90 on a Saturday in June for a bleacher seat. Because the team is not matching the prices, and I don't see a lot of people getting real excited about a team that's projected to be in fourth place. I mean, Anderson, um, Andrelton Simmons does not. I can't say his name. I have to learn because he's <laughs> going to be on the team. Anderson, I almost said it again. I would call him Anderson Simmons. Andrelton <laughs> Simmons does not move the needle on the season. I don't think. I mean, he's, he's a good option, but everybody's like, Oh, he's just a backup. I'm like, no, he's not. He's the starter. That's the problem. He should be the backup.
0: I mean, I agree with you. He should be the backup where the Cubs have a couple more weeks here to work some magic. Let's see if he's actually the backup or if he's the starter. I mean, I, I think that if the starting lineup includes Andrelton Simmons and and to be fair, I want to give Mr. Simmons some credit where it is due, you know, prior to the 2021 season, he was a pretty solid hitter in addition to being a plus defensive shortstop. he Gold
1: Glover. Four gener- Gold Gloves. Gold
0: glove shortstop, generally putting up like a 275, 340, 400 slash line. He's not going to give you a lot of power, but if you had a 275 hitter who played a plus shortstop, that would definitely play. The problem is that... The 2021 season, and and look, I we don't know, we don't know if this was like a Minnesota thing. That whole team was down last year. If it was something else, if it was the injuries you were talking about, but the 2021 line is not inspiring. It is 223, 283, 274, and anytime that your triple slash all starts with twos, like I just kind of feel, I yikes, that's kind yeah. of yikes to me. Yeah, <laughs> only
1: three, only three home runs last year and 451 plate appearances, and. You know, and I don't know if it's – I didn't watch any Twins games last year. Not that I – no, I don't think I did. And so I don't really know what happened in Minnesota and how they cratered like that. But regardless, he hasn't had a positive OPS plus season since 2018. So he was 28 that year. I I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's an ankle thing or whatever. Well, you know – all I'm saying he does, he doesn't move the needle and you're right. He was a pretty decent player, but he's never had an OPS over 800. You know, he doesn't give you a lot of pop. He, he had a little bit of speed, even stole 19 bases one year in a in a major leagues that doesn't steal bases anymore. So until um, the
0: bags, until the expanded bag, t- yeah,
1: until the bags, until, yeah, exactly. The <laughs> bag will get bigger and, and he'll just be <laughs> off to the races. But this is not a lot of money to spend on somebody that's a talented infielder like him. It's just when it's your only move, and I believe that it will be. It's signal- signaling a we're going to be at best a 500 baseball team this year, and uh, it's a dis- that dis- is disappointing and how quickly Cub fans have given up. To be like, oh, that's fine. See it's 2024. <laughs> Let's just go down to Wrigley and just, who cares? I you mean, know?
0: I don't know that it's giving up so much as Blue Friday was so awful. Like, it was so incredibly awful to be a Cubs fan the day that the team de- dealt Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo, Chris, Bro- like, everybody, right? Like, they just cleared the shelves of, like, everybody you love and replaced them with some 18-year-olds who hopefully you'll love someday. That perhaps the idea of... Actual major league shortstop, not a guy I've never heard of. Not given the ball to Sir, not given that spot to Sergio Alcantara. Hey, it might be an improvement. Like maybe we're just all a little too optimistic. Although I do want to go back to one thing that you said here because I think it's worth noting, and we didn't actually cover a lot of it in our emergency baseball is back podcast. You jested that the Cubs might only be a 500 team a 500 team might make the playoffs in 2022 (laughs) given the expanded playoffs and i kind of want to talk about this for a couple of reasons the first is that you know i think you and i looked at this a couple of weeks ago there were quite a few 82 win 84 win teams in the last couple of years who would have made this expanded playoff system and now as of today we're recording on sunday march 13th it kind of looks like the Reds are just giving up. I, yeah. I mean what the Reds did today, if you were not paying attention on Twitter, they traded Sonny Gray for a guy, a couple guys I've never really heard of who might play in the major league someday. Uh, they certainly already lost Nick Castellanos, who opted out of his deal and is going somewhere else. I mean, Wade Miley is a Cub because the Reds non-tendered him. I I don't know, Danny, I kinda how do you feel about this Cubs team? Getting eighty four wins and going on a run.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, the race to the middle. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, the Reds. I guess are o- they only went for it the one year, and it happened to be twenty twenty. And how it just, awful is
0: that if you live in Cincinnati? Yeah, yeah and I'm sorry, Cincinnati. That sucks.
1: Yeah, no, I and uh, no, I I know a lot of Reds fans, and um, I I I'm gonna text my friend Billy because I just actually saw the Sunday gray news right before we uh, started to record. And I, I want to text my friend Billy Devore. He's a great comedian, so look him up if you like laughing. And uh, but he's a he also does a Reds podcast called the new called the New Nasty Boys. But I can guarantee he will be in total despair about the direction of his team. So, like, as much as I'm going to be like, man, we only got Andrelton Simmons. Uh, I can guarantee my friend Billy is not is even less excited for. <laughs> Him, But you still have to look at it that, you know, the Brewers have that one-two punch at the top of their rotation. They'll probably continue to add. They still got Lorenzo Cain, and they still got Yelich, even though he's been off and stuff. So they still got freaking Wong, you know. And so they look to be right back up there. And the Cardinals, you know, they're always the stupid Cardinals hanging around. You know, if anybody's going to go 500 and win the World Series, it's them, not us, unfortunately. <laughs> <And> so,
0: <laughs> the Cardinals are just going to pull a new Tommy Edmund out of their back pocket and be like, yeah, we're here. Yeah,
1: Just making them in their little, like, it's, they at the same place that they make the Budweiser beer, they have a place that makes pretend players in the basement.
0: That are, are only they- good in St. Louis. Have you ever noticed that? It's like Randall Gritchick, really great in St. Louis, goes somewhere else. It's like who? You know, like you get your I, – I mean, there are some exceptions to this. I suppose Randy Rosarena and Tommy Pham were both pretty good in other places. But still, it feels like every player the Cardinals develop is like this Cardinals-Cubs killer, and then they go somewhere else, and it's like what? Um. You know, yeah. you mentioned your friend from Cincinnati. I uh, saw Jeff Erickson from RotoWire tweet earlier today – after the sunny gray news broke that sunny gray isn't even that expensive. He signed a really team friendly deal after the trade from the Yankees, which he did because he wasn't very good with the Yankees. Um back to Erickson's tweet, the twins will now have a $12 million option for him for 2023. And I get that Petty is an exciting prospect, albeit with one with albeit one with practically no track record. I just want to win now. And I think that if I were a Reds fan, that is how I would feel too that like This is your team giving up after one year of kind of sort of trying to contend and then just being like, whoops, it was too hard. Like, we're not doing that anymore. Just got to get those prospects again. And if y'all remember, the Reds owner was one of the owners who claimed that they just couldn't possibly go above the $210 million competitive balance threshold. And apparently this is the result. The result is, oh, wow, well, baseball's too rich for my blood. Gotta send Sonny Gray and his team-friendly deal somewhere else.
1: Yeah, and it's and they just and they've got a pretty decent offense to go with it. The Jonathan India just won the rookie of the year. Eugenio Suarez, I think, took a step backwards, but that's because they made him play shortstop, which is terrible dumb. at <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. And <laughs> they just don't they have to talk about teams that don't have a shortstop. I mean the freaking Reds. Uh and
0: the minors. He he's gonna come up and and I think he's their shortstop. But yes, they they are hoping a prospect can fill that role.
1: Yeah. And yeah. And, uh, you know, but then you got guys like Nick Senzel who was proven to hit Jetsie Winker has been proven to hit Tyler Naquin. They got from the, uh, Indians, guardians, or, I mean, guardians. <laughs> uh, that's going to take a, a year to yeah, yeah, <laughs> remember to do. Uh, and then I'm, so, what I'm saying, I'm just rattling off names here from their 40 man, but, uh, and that are, or actually on their actual roster, but, um, th- to get rid of all your starting pitching, yeah, you're not going to win any it's baseball games. maybe you'll win, you know, 15 to 13 or something, but you know, it's just, and you wonder, so yeah, the pirates probably not there yet, but Hey, you never know when those kids start putting things together and you get like a surprise rookie team that has something going on. Um, You know, the Cubs, you you don't want to be trying to win the division with 84 wins though, or sneak into some last wild card spot because does that, do you, who cares? Yeah. No. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't believe that you have enough to go deep into a postseason without adding significantly to your roster. I mean, just look at the Cubs 40 man. Look, look up, look at it. <laughs> I mean, I hate to, I, I, I'm going I love to be an optimistic guy at this point, or, you know, I mean, best of all possible worlds, you get like some repeat Schwindel Patrick wisdom, you know, prowess, but I don't know, man.
0: I'm hoping for some Schwindel, uh, repeat prowess. I have him in a bunch of fantasy leagues, but we need to take a quick break for our sponsors on the flip side. We are going to talk through a little bit of this teams who claim they can't spend money, uh, impact and how that might go beyond the sunny grave trade for the reds. We're also going to talk about some notes from Cubs spring training people. There are actual notes from the Chicago Cubs playing, uh, on the backfields in Mesa, and it's glorious. We've got Ian Happ hitting some bombs. We've got Wilson Contreras pictures. We've got some other things to talk about. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. So, Danny, the thing that I want to start with here is a couple of rumors that have been swirling around Twitter. Uh, One is that there are apparently one or two team owners who say they are thinking about selling. Um, because baseball's just too rich for their blood. And and this news came on the heels of Carlos Rodon, who honestly had a career year for the White Sox last year. He threw a no-hitter. It was almost a perfect game. I mean, Rodon was outstanding last year. If you're a fan of Eno Saris' stuff, location, command model over at The Athletic, you know that Carlos Rodon was one of the best pitchers in baseball last year. And the only question is whether he's healthy The Giants signed him to a two-year, $44 million deal. That seems like a steal for me. I'm kind of bummed that the Cubs didn't do it. I would like to see what Carlos Radon could have done at Wrigley Field for $22 million per over the next couple of years. But apparently some of these owners are like, whoa, I just can't compete in a league that that pays the best starting pitchers in the league, $22 million a year, and I might have to sell. What do we think of owners who think that that deal's too rich for their blood?
1: Well first of all I I agree with you that when I saw that the very short length of the Rodan deal and the reasonable amount of money if you I mean that's kind of what you paid for uh the end of Cole Hamill's career totally uh, yes. you know so it, it and you've got a guy that actually performed very well last year um that got the White Sox into the the playoffs um so yeah I was I was disappointed in that I mean if you can't afford one ace pitcher, not that he's an ace ace, but like you know, he has the potential to be. Yeah, he's twenty nine years
0: old. Yeah, he's an ace.
1: So, uh, but if you can't afford at least one of those guys, you can't afford a baseball team. You got to sell it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it, it, I don't. I don't know what to say. The t- two hundred and thirty million is the luxury tax. I don't expect that every team is going to be able to come close to that. But if you can't spend, like, if you're the Marlins, you know get it to around 150. Everybody should be able to spend that much on your payroll at the very least. You know, even if you can't put up against the luxury tax and if you can't do that, then you don't deserve a baseball team.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. I, I sort of saw those notes about the poor owners who were claiming that, Oh, this is just too rich for my blood, And my gut instinct was take your franchise, put it on the market, pocket the 1.5 or $2 billion in profit, not like, you're gonna sell the team for 1.5 or 2 billion dollars, but you are literally going to net that in profit off what you paid for the team however many years ago and rid us of your grievances. Like I'm just so over these poor rich kids claiming yeah. that they just can't afford two years of Carlos Radon.
1: I'd I'd rather more of the Steve Cohen types that are gonna totally. go in there and put their money down and say I want all the best guys cuz this is New York City and I want to win. You know, I, I you know, that's why they never let Mark Cuban in cuz they <laughs> knew he was going to do it. You know, they and and how much would you have loved if Mark Cuban was the Cubs owner. You know, he wouldn't be peddling it back and telling you about 2024. You know what I mean? Like he'd be out there like a Steve Cohen getting all the best people and just paying them money. We might have Scherzer right now. You know what I mean?
0: Ser- well, could've... we would certainly have at least one of Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, or Chris Bryant. Cor-
1: correct. That's the, Those are the other people we're not in on for some reason. Well, Baez is already signed.
0: I Can I just tell you, I had such a mixed reaction today. The Tigers crew all over Twitter was posting these shots of Javier Baez, Detroit Tigers shortstop. And part of me was just overjoyed to see Javier Baez play baseball because there's nothing more perfect. Than watching Elmago play baseball. And the other part of me was heartbroken because it is pathetic that the Chicago Cubs could not extend that man to play baseball here in Chicago.
1: Yeah. And, and even just from like an old timer standpoint of, of just that he's a fan favorite and I've never seen anybody play baseball like him. I know there's a lot of frustrating parts about his game, the swinging out of his shoes at a ball, three feet out of the zone and Indeed. stuff like that. <laughs> What's that?
0: I said, indeed, that's frustrating. (laughs)
1: Yeah, some of that, a lot of that stuff was frustrating. But I mean, come on, they they just don't make them like Javier Baez. I know I've never seen a player play like him. So if you're going to go into a season with not enough to with not enough to really compete with the big boys, at least give me Javier Baez to watch, you know, like at the very least, I'll show up and see that, you know, right now. I want to see Marcus Stroman and that's pretty much
0: Wilson Contreras. I want to see Wilson Contreras.
1: Well, he'll be there when Stroman's pitching probably unless Stroman gets his own. Unless he's like the Yad Gomes guy. No, you know? I think, I
0: think Stroman's going to be a Contreras guy. And honestly, that's going to be I my favorite too. battery in baseball because Marcus Stroman is going to come out. He's going to be rocking his do-rag. He's going to be doing Strowman things. And Wilson Contreras is going to be fire. And I just, I feel like that battery is going to be great. But I mean, I just, I'm with you. I feel like it's one of these things where if you can't extend, look, there are arguments as to why the Cubs should have extended Anthony Rizzo. There are arguments as to why they should have extended Javier Baez. There are arguments as to why they should have extended Chris Bryant. I'm here for all of those arguments. But the part that just breaks me, Is this is a top five franchise in Major League Baseball in one of the three biggest cities in the country, three biggest media markets in the country, and they couldn't extend any of them. them. Yeah, (laughs) not one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, biblical losses, but no, they. But instead, they want to buy a soccer team.
0: God. Yeah, (laughs) I. I don't know what I think of that.
1: Yeah. But crying poor, pour, cry and pour.
0: Well, so if you're one of these teams that thought that the Carlos Redon deal was just so terribly offensive and it, you couldn't possibly do it, please sell your team. We're looking forward to Mark Cuban buying your team and then the Cincinnati Reds going on a run uh, for, for years into the future as Mark Cuban just, like, spends money and makes it rain. Um, let's talk about Wilson Contreras for one second. He is back in camp. That made my day today. Maddie Lee had some footage that she tweeted – earlier today of Wilson Contreras hitting bombs. And, you know, Danny, there are a lot of questions about where Wilson Contreras is going to wind up. I am going to lose my mind if the Cubs trade him, but I know how business in baseball works and it would not shock me if they do it. What do you think Wilson Contreras's future is? Are we going to see him on the roster in April when opening day happens?
1: Well, I guess they haven't even been talking. And I, and I saw uh, Dom, Dom Frederick, the director of morale uh, had tweeted out. uh, And I think he's right about this. He said, we've seen this play before and it was called blue Friday. And even though Wilson's the straggler of it, I don't really see the Cubs as being very serious uh, with Wilson. I, I don't know that. He's part of their future plans, and and that is very disappointing to me in many respects because he's obviously a very talented, athletic catcher with a bat, and um, you know I don't think he's you know Yadier Molina, forty one point three years old at, as we speak. You know, uh, it's he's super old, still gets back there and makes the difference on his team. I felt like Wilson wanted to be that guy. I think he is that guy. And I think he wanted to be a Cub for life. Like he's been, I think he wanted to, I think he wanted to stick here, you know, forever. Yeah. And I don't think the Cubs want him. And he's going to be playing that with that on his shoulders. We saw how that went last year with the Cubs. Really, just even with Bryant and Javi and uh, Rizzo, they lost what? 13 games in a row or something like it was real every, bad. Yeah. They basically
0: and, like had that combo, no hitter. And then they just couldn't win a game to save their lives. And it was, it was very bad.
1: Yeah. And I feel like a lot of it was the pressure of the contract and knowing all the trade rumors and you know, that's got a way on a guy. I know that people I, you're playing for your next contract too, uh, regardless of you, whether you get traded Cause everybody's memories is just like, what have you done for me lately in this business? So it's, uh, and so I don't know. I don't, that's got a way on. I Wilson's an emotional guy. We've seen him wear his heart on his sleeve over and over and over again. I don't know that this is going to be good, but, but if the who, if not him, then who, that's what I'm wondering. You know, you look up and down the list and you're like, uh, if you're not growing them on the farm, I don't know. And Amaya's behind. I mean, is it, it's Jan Gomes time? Like, you know, that's not very serious.
0: Well, I want to talk about Wilson Contreras for one second. Cause I always want to talk about Wilson Contreras he's and like lovely. clearly look, he's my favorite player, but he's my favorite player because I understand how hard it is to have a catcher who hits. And I also appreciate how much work he did to get to that point. He didn't come up as a catcher. He came up as a third baseman. He learned how to catch. He has improved catching considerably over his time with the Cubs. He went from being a negative framer to a plus framer. He has put in so much work for this team. And, you know, I I mentioned some fantasy stuff that I do frequently, but I think that Wilson Contreras is instructive here. One of my rules for fantasy drafts this year, because catcher is not a deep position, as you might imagine. There are not a lot of guys who are giving you plus offensive stacks, (laughs) from the catcher spot across the league. And one of my rules was that if I didn't get one of the top five catchers of whom Wilson Contreras has won, I had a problem in, in a team. And so I've been prioritizing drafting one of JT Realmuto, Salvador Perez, Yasmani Grandal, Will Smith, or Wilson Contreras. And I felt like if I didn't get one of those guys, my team had issues. And I am telling the – I mean, I don't know who needs to hear this at the Chicago Cubs, but there is no position out there Where it is harder to replace a guy than an offensive first catcher who isn't a defensive liability for your team. Jan Gomes is not going to do it. I wrote the piece when the signing happened comparing Wilson Contreras and Jan Gomes. And like, spoiler alert, Jan Gomes is basically Wilson Contreras light. He's just slightly worse at everything Wilson does. He's worse at pop time. He's worse at his splits he's worse at getting on base he's but he's like okay it this is not a drill people like there's not another catcher out there to go get the Cubs should offer Wilson Contreras the Salvador Perez deal which if I recall correctly was like four years 80 million dollars with an option for a fifth year and I don't do I think that's gonna be a prelude to Wilson Contreras being Salvador Perez and hitting 40 home runs in a season no I don't I don't think he's a 40 home run player but I do think he has a much better on base percentage than Sal Perez he's a guy who can hit in the middle of your lineup from the backstop position and with the designated hitter he will be better not worse so if you want to have a catcher who can put up a 120 plus WRC plus each season you extend Wilson Contreras and if you don't then, you know, good luck. Go try your hand. Try it. wait a year for Miguel Amaya. Hang out with Jan Gomes. Do whatever you want. But I think this is a mistake. I think this is a massive mistake I, on the part of... I, I
1: completely, I, I agree 100% wholeheartedly. Jan Gomes is 33 years old as well. So, and so his pop time ain't getting poppier. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And I hate to, I mean, I'm not, I'm really trying not to. I, obviously, there's many players that play well into their thirties and still have a lot to offer. But isn't this what the whole CBA was just about is that yes. the, the, the owners found out that they're getting so much more production for the money out of their younger players is ridiculous. And that there's no reason to sign these guys to big contracts. And I feel like that is still the attitude and it's, and it's a shame. And I think because of that, you're going to miss out on a lot of good years. I think of, wasn't it, um, it's kind of a famous deal, and it's before both of our times. But like the, the Frank Robinson deal, you ever hear about that?
0: I have no idea what you're talking about, Danny. So you're gonna have to educate me here. Yeah,
1: well, I'm I'm just gonna spitball here, and everybody's gonna yell at the radio as I get it all wrong. But like <laughs> he, uh, it, well, he had turned. I think he had won the the MVP the year before, and they gave up on him. Was it the Orioles? Uh, so so he, he ended was up- an
0: Oriole, yeah, I believe.
1: Yeah. Uh, Oh, I, 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 I,
0: I, I'm Googling this to see.
1: Yeah. And uh, anyway, they gave up. Basically the story is that they gave up the, the reds had given up on him at some point and they're like, Oh, he's 29. Yeah. That's what it was. He was 29 years old and they gave up on him. And so uh, they didn't want to give him the contract and sign him again. And he went on to just, you know, make lead Baltimore to their, uh, I don't know if they won championships in the early, I think they might've in the early seventies, um, but that they definitely right. were a, like a really, really good that might have team
0: happened to the Orioles.
1: Yeah. I'm like, wait, have the Orioles ever done anything? This is now an <laughs> Orioles podcast. People we're talking about yeah.
0: the 1970s Orioles, and we appreciate it. If you are still here. No, Danny, <laughs> I, I love where this is going though, because Frank Robinson was a tremendous baseball player and he was a tremendous baseball player with the Orioles. And the thing that, you know, I get it. Like, I read all the, people, all the like, blue check marks who cover the Cubs and do all that stuff, and I understand why people think, oh, yeah, it's just too pricey to keep Wilson Contreras and blah, blah, blah. And look, Miguel Amaya hasn't played in two years, people. Victor Caratini is a San Diego Padre. You do not have <laughs> a catcher in the system unless you're planning on trying to, like, do some sort of bad contract swap with the Padres and get them to throw in Campusano. So that we'll take like Will Myers and Eric Cosmer off their hands. Like, I just don't think that's happening. And I don't think there is a lot of catching depth in the league. I, I want to talk about some of the prospects who are like the top catcher prospects that exist right now. Got Adley Retschman over at the Orioles. He is going to be a top tier catcher when the Orioles ever decide to start his major league service clock. And then it's like, Keybert Ruiz might be good. And so might Joey Bart. And that's the list, people. That is that is the list. It was so weird for the Cubs to have Miguel Amaya and Victor Caratini and Wilson Contreras there. This is not a deep position. You take your 28, 29-year-old two-time All-Star starting catcher, you sign him to a long-term extension, and you hope he is Yadier Molina for you. And frankly, I think Wilson Contreras would be Yadier Molina for the Cubs if they let him.
1: I I do too, and and hey, but if you let Wilson walk, you could always get a age forty two Yadi or Molina in twenty twenty three to come play for the Cubs. wouldn't that be something? But no, I'm looking at the list here. It's not pretty, you know. Like you said, there's not a lot of depth in the league, and at you know this is a, a very athletic position where if you're on the wrong side of thirty, all that squatting, I mean, it's not doing you any favors, and so. Well, and Danny
0: Danny, let me ask you a question about that. Because I think that there's something instructive here. How many catchers in in the league currently do you think can hit the wrong side of 30 and still be good? Because I would put Wilson Contreras as one of them. He's a very athletic dude.
1: Well, and especially if you're talking more like you just said, if you can get him on a four year deal and give him the Perez kind of situation, you know, I think that sounds very fair. And what's un I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's in there asking for 30. $5 million a year. I don't know what's happening. You know, uh, if what preliminary conversations did happen before, um, because he said, they're not talking now. And that is, I agree. It's a mistake because he's, they're going to trade him and they're going to try to get something for him. And you're not going to get that much. Cause it's just half a season and it'll just be because like somebody in contention lost their catcher or something. And you know, it's, and it's just such a shame because we saw what happened with blue Friday. And Hey, I know a lot of fans that are having a little bit of trouble, kind of like getting back into it, you know, cause you're just go to the game and you're like, who's this guy, you know, you want to have heard of the players you're going to pay to see. And, you know, it, I think Wilson, I just agree with you. That's it. I mean, it. it Wilson's a guy you build a team around. And when you look, you if there was some hot shot catcher, like, you know, Buster Posey and his prime coming up, you know, on the next, uh, you know, catcher slot. And it was a really deep pool. Like it was with shortstop this year, you know, going through, if if there was something like that happening, then fine, but it's not Everybody go look, go to spot rack and, uh, take a look at it. And, um, and you'll you'll agree that Wilson Contreras he's even one of the younger ones. I mean, him and the the comparable one would be like Gary Sanchez, who
0: Who'd incidentally can we talk about the time everybody thought that Gary Sanchez yeah. was the the thing at catcher? Came up the same year as Wilson Contreras. Who you want now, people? You want Gary Sanchez? You want Wilson Contreras? Like I that was one of the first three articles I wrote at Bleed Cubby Blue, and I'm still very proud of that take.
1: Yeah. And he's, and he's out there, he's hitting bombs. And I, I just am really nervous that Willie's going to have a tough year because um, all this hanging over his head and I, you know, he's playing for it. I know he puts a lot of pressure on himself and I just, I just hope it uh, doesn't affect his, his talent. I mean, 340 OBP uh, last year, uh, 108 OPS plus, uh and manage twenty one bots I you know tell me other catchers if that you're gonna get that out of, and um Therefore, I know there's that's it but and who knows maybe they get robot umpires and his terrible framing, which he' actually improved at, will won't even matter. There there
0: are four catchers who might be in the conversation for what Wilson Contreras can do. And I also think that he's got a season in him that will be better than what we've seen to date. Like, I think he's never really put it all together for a single season. But the thing that makes me nervous here, every other team that has one of those catchers, with the exception of one, we'll get to it in one second, locked those dudes up. Like, the Kansas City Royals went to Sal Perez and they were like, here's a deal that will bring you to the end of your playing (laughs) day. With the Kansas City Royals, the Phillies did the same thing with J.T. Realmuto. The only exception here was the Dodgers and Yasmani Grandal. Yasmani Grandal went to the White Sox because the Dodgers had Will Smith waiting in the wings. If the Cubs still had Victor Caratini in their system, or they or Miguel Amaya was not hurt, he he has not played a game in two years. People like Miguel Amaya is not coming to save the day. Like that, this is a different story. But they don't have either of those dudes in their system anymore, and. The Cubs played, I think, eight dudes at backup catcher last year. Like, I this is not a drill. If you don't want to yeah. see another replay of the Robinson Torino show, extend <laughs> Wilson Contreras.
1: Yeah, no, I I don't it's it's a it's a real head scratcher to me why they won't do that. I, I don't get it. It seems to make all the sense in the world. Is it the fact that he knows how talented he is uh and Perhaps. wants more? Then, uh, Sal Perez got, I mean, these guys, they bet on themselves and that's great and everything, but like, you know, the question is, will another team give you that, you know, to a 25 million, 30 million a year, whatever you're looking for. You're not going to get that. I don't think. Um, so I, I don't know why they don't do it. it. It's, it's, it's gotta be money. He's gotta be asking for too much, either that, or, uh, they just don't like him, which doesn't make any sense to me because we like him.
0: We like him a lot. Wilson, please sign with the Chicago Cubs. Jed Hoyer, Tom Ricketts, whoever's in charge of this, get something done. You have
1: the money. Just freaking sign him and, like, let's signal that this is going to be the team that we're going to have some continuity.
0: That there's some leader. Give the team a leader who is going to be there, right? Like, I – look, I love Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks is not the team leader. Like, you need – a Wilson Contreras or someone there who is the guy who is like the the person that holds the team together. Anyway, Danny, let's let's uh move on to something that's maybe a little bit more positive for the end of the show. I have a poll out on Twitter right now and I want to ask you this question. What is the best single day in sports now that so many of us work from home? I am torn is the best single sports day. MLB opening day, or is it the start of March madness? The day where you can sit on your couch, be working and just watch sports all day long. I got to go with opening day.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I only care about baseball, so I'm not, I I'm not like a sports fan per se. I don't even know if I'm as big of a baseball fan as I am just simply a Cubs fan. You know what I mean? so uh I, you gotta go opening day so it, because i don't care about basketball like at all like zero percent um i if it's if i'm at a party and it's on, i'm just like oh let's watch a little bit but i mean they just run back and forth that i could care less i just sit there drinking beer
0: so there were a couple of options that were posited in the responses to this poll that i think might get you moving so he, one option is there's apparently some like world cup day that's really great I do love the world cup. I go watch world cup soccer in the neighborhood. There's a lot of great uh, football soccer bars here in Wrigleyville and, and it's fun. Don't get me wrong, but I I don't think either one of those rises to the level of opening day or March madness to me. However, um, this next one might for you uh, at Brittany Bush, who is a great follow on Twitter. If you don't follow Brittany mentions that that one day at the start of the MLB playoffs where there are games all day long, where you can basically watch playoff baseball from 10 o'clock in the morning until like midnight or later, depending on how late that late game goes might be better than opening day. Danny, what does it for you? The first day of the playoffs or opening day?
1: Well, it depends if the Cubs are in it, you know, (laughs) but uh, yeah, if the Cubs are in it. Yeah. Then I, then I would say that that's pretty fun. But the thing about opening day is that now you have the whole season to look forward to And that it's it's in in these cold weather climates that we live in. Like I live in Chicago, so do you. So uh, it's cold, and when opening day starts, it you know portends. There's no better summer city in the United States than Chicago, Illinois. There just isn't. That's true yeah and anybody you know, will you tell you yeah no yeah no, I lived in New York in the summer it just smells like I garbage. lived in Boston yeah. in the summer and yeah. Boston
0: is a great summer city and Chicago is better,
1: yeah, no doubt and uh and in and in the West coast it's always summer, so who cares um so uh you know, I really feel like the ritual of the opening day and going down to the ballpark and everything opening up it that just has a very special feeling to it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, um, I mean, it's, it feels religious to me. I always felt like it should be a national holiday. If you're going to call it your national pastime, make a holiday on opening day and everybody gets off and enjoys baseball for one day.
0: Yeah. I sort of feel like the thing that's missing from that playoff day that opening day has opening day, regardless of who your team is, your team could have like a 105 win projection It could have a 70 win projection like the Cubs currently do. It could have a 50 win projection. It could have a 90 win projection. It doesn't matter. Opening day for MLB, you have this feeling of hope and optimism. The sun is up. Spring is on the way. Baseball is here. And there's a chance, no matter how small, that your team, no matter how little they did in the offseason, could pull it all together. The magic could be there. And maybe it's your year. And there's just something wonderful about that moment of everything could go right for my team this year. And I, I gotta say, I like I like opening day even more than that playoff day, despite the fact that that playoff day clearly has more on the line. Right? Like every yeah. like that one game that's happening that day matters more than opening day. That opening day has that hope and optimism that I love so much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I can't wait. And we're less than a month away. So, and it's going to, the time will disappear fast, hopefully. And uh, we'll have a lot to watch and spring training and all the best shape of their life, uh, players. Oh my God. Did you see Manny Rodriguez today? I did not. Oh my, you gotta look him up. He's, I, I know I had seen somewhere that he was deadlifting a lot. So he came back, he came into camp, just looking like, uh, I mean, he's got no neck anymore. He's just all shoulders and, and muscle. And he just looks, he looks puffy. He looks wasn't real puffy. He,
0: wasn't he already throwing like 102? What happens when Manny Rodriguez turns into all muscle?
1: <laughs> uh, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'll actually get slower. I don't know. Cause I was wondering about his flexibility. I was like, man, he, he looks like the incredible, I mean, he looked like the incredible Hulk. He really did. And um, uh, also coming back into camp, Jack to uh, Nico Horner.
0: I saw that. I did see. Yeah, Nico. Nico. A okay. Nico is also just a very good looking guy. He looks very much like C Thomas Howell did in the outsiders. And it's just kind of one of those things where Nico's one of those dudes that is almost too pretty. Um, but yeah, Jack Nico is definitely a thing. If getting Jack makes Manny Rodriguez throw the ball faster or slower, or if Nico Horner is truly going to hit another level. We will have all of that here on Cup of Cubby Blue. We're back every Monday through spring training and then series by series in the regular season. Before that happens, though, Danny, where can people find you and what you're doing aside from an outpost on opening day?
1: Yeah, Uh Output is Output. The name, Sorry, yeah, I out- thought it was
0: Outpost. My bad. Yeah,
1: out- out there might be an outpost around there. I mean, there's a lot of bars. Uh, yeah, I'm I, am, I I am the host of the Sun Ranto show, and we record on Wednesday nights live in front of uh you in front of the audience. You can uh tune in and participate. That's Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time, and you can just find it on my Twitter at Sun Ranto S O N R A N T O. We have the Sun Ranto Ranchers page. We have Facebooks and. Instagrams and all that stuff. So,
0: well, and you can find me at, at BCB underscore Sarah while I am not lighting vigil candles for a Wilson Contreras extension. You can also find both of us at, at Cuppa Blue. We have everything that you need to know from Cubs Spring Training Camp and the start of, yes, you heard it here, the Major League Baseball regular season, which is coming at you on April 7th. Until next time, bye.